We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Proverbs 9 and verse 9. Dear friends, this is our time to grow in instruction and increase in learning. A thank you to our J-Webb, and thank you everyone who has tuned in today to our broadcast here from the International Gospel Hour. We are delighted to have you, and we're grateful for each and every listener who joins us each and every time that we are on the air or wherever you may hear our program. We're blessed that we're able to come to you and to study the Word of God together, and we hope for the next few moments it will be of great encouragement to you. We will have some opportunities ahead that you may learn a little bit more about our broadcast, a couple of free opportunities that we want to share with you, and we're thankful to come your way. In John 6, 68 and 69, I love this passage because there are those that are beginning to turn away from Jesus, and even some did. When Jesus looked at his apostles and asked, Will you also go away? Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful confession. Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to turn? You have the words of eternal life. Words. Eternal life. Oh, how beautiful. We've come to believe. It's like Simon Peter says, we're at this point, and we've come to believe because of what we have seen. And not only do we believe, we know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a declaration of Peter. To whom shall we go, dear friends? There is none other but Christ, and to think there are others to whom one would turn is a very hard thing to grasp when you sit down and think about it. There has been none other in this world that made such an impact than Jesus the Christ. Now, with that said, dear friends, we wish to consider the subject before us, Fountain of Living Waters. This is a very special broadcast, and we'll say more in a moment, but first... We have a very special reminder from our J-Webb about the International Gospel Hour. The International Gospel Hour has been heard over the airwaves since 1934. During all this time, we've been blessed to be on the air through gracious giving of congregations of Churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends. That's why you will never hear us asking for money or for any type of donation from you, our listeners. Our offers of material and study aids are absolutely free. We plead for all to carry forth the words of Jesus to search the Scriptures, John 5.39, and we do so with the aim of the words of Peter in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so, so much for listening. Let's continue our broadcast. And now, here's Jeff. Dear friends, through those years that Brother Jay mentioned, 
the years since 1934, we were blessed to hear the sound teaching and the powerful voice of Winford Claiborne. From 1995 to 2014, Brother Winford was the voice of the International Gospel Hour. And in my travels and discussions about this great work, Brother Winford's name still comes up, and for that I am so grateful. I was a friend of Brother Winford and was blessed to know him, and I am friends with a number of his family as well to this very day. And we are blessed here at the International Gospel Hour to have transcripts of lessons that he prepared and delivered. Finding these are an absolute treasure to me. So today, in memory of my brother and friend, Winford Claiborne, I'm honored to deliver a lesson that he delivered some time ago, simply titled, Fountains of Living Waters. God called the great prophet Jeremiah into the prophetic office when the nation was in dire circumstances. He commissioned the prophet to go among the Israelite people to warn them of the dangers the nation faced. God outlined the plan he wanted Jeremiah to follow. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah 1.10 You cannot avoid seeing that Jeremiah's work involved negative elements as well as positive elements. He had to oppose the evils that existed in the nation. But that would not have been adequate. He also had to build and to plant. The reforms that Josiah had instituted among the Israelites had failed. He had worked diligently to remove idolatry from the nation, but had not completely succeeded. Idolatry was rampant among the Israelites. Jeremiah explains what the situation was in the nation. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen that which backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on all every high mountain, and under every green tree, and there has played the harlot. And I said after she had done all these things, Turn unto me, but she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it, and I saw, when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away, and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah has not turned unto me with her whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel has justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north, and say, Return, backsliding Israel, says the Lord, and I will not cause my anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, says the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God, and have scattered your ways to the strangers under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Jeremiah 3, 6-14 According to Jeremiah, Babylon was already threatening Israel. And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a seething pot, the face thereof is toward the north. Then the Lord said unto me, 
Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For, lo, I will call all the families of the kingdom of the north, says the Lord, and they shall come and shall set every one on his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. Jeremiah 1, 13-15 God commanded the prophet Jeremiah, Set up the standard toward Zion, retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate, and your cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. For this, gird yourselves with sackcloth, lament, and howl, for the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. Jeremiah 4, 4 4-8 What brought about the tragic situation which Jeremiah reports in his great book? Jeremiah accuses the Jews of two serious and inexcusable blunders. They had turned from the living God, that is, they had forsaken the fountain of living waters. In addition, they had turned to idolatry, to broken cisterns that can hold no water, Jeremiah 2, verse 13. Can you imagine a more foolish choice any human being on earth could make? I shall illustrate the foolish choices the Israelites made by referring to Big Springs in the state of Missouri. Big Springs is located on Highway 60 at Van Buren, Missouri. The current river simply boils up out of the earth. The spring produces 840 million gallons of water each day. That means 35 million gallons of water flow every hour, 580,000 gallons per minute, and 9,700 gallons per second. Imagine you are Moses leading the Israelites through that great and terrible wilderness. You find a giant spring such as the one at Van Buren, Missouri. You are responsible for the welfare of between 2.5 million and 3 million people. Instead of taking advantage of this great source of water, you trade it in for a cistern, a broken cistern which can hold no water. Would such an exchange make sense? The Jews had actually done worse than that. They had exchanged the living God for a piece of stone or wood or precious metal. Please think with me about the God of the Jews as presented in the Old Testament. God is the creator of the entire universe, including man and animals. The very first words of the Bible establish God as the creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. That theme is maintained throughout the Old Testament. Isaiah quotes the very words of God. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and He who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, that stretches forth the heavens alone, that spreads abroad the earth by myself. Isaiah 44, 24. Isaiah asked, Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding, Isaiah forty twenty eight. The inspired psalmist describes the idols that men worship. From Psalm 135, verses 15 through 18, The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusts in them. 
How can intelligent people exchange the God and Creator of this universe for an idol that cannot see or hear or move? It ought to be obvious to any reasonable person that idols can do nothing for us except make us look like idiots. The Old Testament speaks of God as our strength, our fortress, and our refuge in the day of trouble. The prophet Jeremiah says concerning God, O Lord, my strength, and my fortress, and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Jeremiah 16.19 The psalmist adds, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Psalm 18.1-2 God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Psalm 46, 1-5 For men and women to live peacefully and comfortably, we must have a hope. God provided that hope for His saints in the Old Testament. Jeremiah discussed the hope the Israelites could have in God. Oh, the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof in time of trouble! Why shouldest thou be as a stranger in the land, and as a wayfaring man that turned aside to tarry for the night? Jeremiah 14.8 Jeremiah also told his readers, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they who depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Jeremiah 17.13 The God of Israel loved the nation and delivered it from Egyptian bondage. Hosea 11.1-9 God said through the great prophet Hosea, When Israel was a child, and then I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt, Hosea 11, verse 1. God said he taught Ephraim to walk. I drew them with cords of compassion with the bands of love, Hosea 11, 3 and 4. Jeremiah echoes the same sentiment. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spoke against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore my heart is troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, says the Lord. Jeremiah 31 and verse 20. Tragically and inexplicably, the Jews forsook the living God and turned to idols, idols that were made from wood, and how Israel made gods from wood, from stone, and from precious metal. They said to the tree, You are my father, and to a stone you have brought me forth. For they have turned their back upon me and not their face. But in the time of their trouble they will say, Arise and save us. But where are your gods that you have made for yourselves? Let them arise, if they can save you in the time of trouble. For according to the number of your cities are your gods, says the Lord. Jeremiah 2, 27 and 28. The Israelites were like a bride who had forgotten her wedding dress. Can a maid forget her ornaments, or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Jeremiah 2, 32. Jeremiah demonstrates the absolute foolishness of worshiping idols. Hear the word of the Lord, 
that speaks unto you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, the works of the hands of the workmen, with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be carried, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. Jeremiah 10, 1 through 5. The prophet Jeremiah said Israel was guilty of perpetual backsliding. Why then is this people in Jerusalem slidden back by perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. Jeremiah 8, verse 5. The Jews, God's chosen people, did not know God. Jeremiah 9, verses 3 and 5 says, And they bend their tongue like their bow, or like their bow, rather, for lies. But they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil the evil, and they know not me. And they will deceive everyone his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies, and weary themselves to commit iniquity. I shall not take the time today to apply Jeremiah chapters 8 and 9 to our current political situation. But it is not unusual at all for people in high political offices to bend their tongue like their bows for lies. In many instances, our governmental leaders lie and deceive. Through their deception, they destroy the trust the American people have in them. All of our political leaders would do well to read books like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, and the other great prophecies of Old Testament times. But what does idolatry have to do with modern people, especially people in the United States? We know there are primitive cultures all over the world where people worship idols. I myself have witnessed it in Singapore and in Malaysia. There are many places for idol worship in those countries, especially in Malaysia. At the end of the hall in the hotel where we stayed during our week in Malaysia, there was an altar erected to idols. Throughout Malaysia there were idol temples. There is even a snake temple. At certain times during the year, snakes from the hills surrounding Georgetown come down and hang around in the rafters of that temple. Incidentally, I am as close to that snake temple right now as I ever want to be. The people of Malaysia were so gracious. It was hard for me to believe those people actually worshipped idols. But we do not in the United States, or do we? Many modern people, including Christians, make the same mistake the Jews did. Paul explained what occurred in the first century in the city of Rome, the most highly educated and sophisticated city on earth at the time. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed, or more correctly exchanged, the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Romans 1, 22 and 23. According to Paul, their devotion to idolatry also led them into unnatural sexual relations. Romans 1, 26 and 27. Because of men's refusal to retain God in their knowledge, according to Romans 1.28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Jeremiah describes the apostasy of the Jews as having forsaken the fountain of living waters and hewing to themselves broken cisterns that can hold no water. Jeremiah 2.13 Are there broken cisterns in our day to which many of us have committed ourselves? I am now speaking to Americans who set up an icon or an idol in their houses and worship it. 
There are almost certainly thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who do that, but that is not what I have on my mind. Did you know, for example, that Paul calls greed or covetousness idolatry? Paul commanded the Colossian Christians, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, Colossians 3.5. I believe all of us understand that worldly possessions can become an idol. In his parable of the sower, Jesus said, Some of the seed fell among thorns. The thorns sprung up with it and choked them. He explains what he meant by the thorns. He also who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful, Matthew thirteen seven and 22. The Apostle Paul wanted Timothy to speak of the dangers of desiring to be rich in worldly goods. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they who will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6, 6-10 through the single best book I have found on modern idolatry is Dr. Herbert Schlossberg's outstanding volume, Idols for Destruction, Christian Faith, and Its Confrontation with American Culture, printed by Nelson out of Nashville in 1983. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon, Matthew 6:24. Chapter 3 of Dr. Schlossberg's book is captioned, Idols of Mammon. Dr. Schlossberg comments, The mammon described in Matthew 6.24 is, The rival of God, therefore, is the idolatrous elevation of money and material possessions it will buy as the goal of life. Page 88. Many of the early Christians had been converted from a pagan background. Paul explained what occurred in Thessalonica. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith is spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything, for they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, 1 Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9. The Apostle Paul warned the Corinthians about eating meat sacrificed to idols as worship. But I say that the things which are or which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of de- demons. 1 Corinthians ten twenty and 21. The Apostle John concluded his first letter, Little children, keep yourselves from idols, 1 John 5:21. If there had been no danger of Christians turning to idolatry, John would not have given that warning. Paul commanded the Corinthians, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. Indeed, dear friends, this has been a most thorough and wonderful job by our brother Claiborne, 
and the warnings of idolatry are very clear from the Scripture. Brother Claiborne, in light of 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11, of the things written as our examples, did a masterpiece in looking at idolatry among Israel and Judah, and the warnings even to us today. And speaking of the Old Testament, please consider our Psalms study that our J. Webb will tell us about. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 15.4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. The book of Psalms is a book of patience and comfort, and we have a study guide on Psalm 113-118, through and we'd like to send it to you absolutely free. May we send it to you? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Psalm Study 1. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988, and please leave your name, address, and just say, Psalm Study 1. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information. Name, address, and type, Psalm Study 1. We'll send it right away. Now, let's go back to Jeff. Friends, how about if we do this for this special day of reviewing and listening once again to a lesson from our late Brother Winford Claiborne? With our psalm study, dear friends, I want you to also ask for Psalm 1 and 2. We have two different psalm studies, and we'd love to throw in the second one as well. So when you call us to ask for the psalm study, please ask for Psalm 1 and 2, and we'll do a two-for-one on this very special day. Dear friends, when we think about what we have heard, and I'm mindful of what Brother Claiborne said there near the end from 1 Thessalonians, how their faith of God was spoken of throughout the whole world. Dear friends, what a wonderful, wonderful attribute that a person should have. We need to make certain that we are bringing forth the fountain of living waters in our lives and not look at a broken cistern of idolatry that will lead us away. Dear friends, it has been a joy to talk about this today, and thank you that you spent time with me here on the International Gospel Hour. We'll continue our studies. Until next time, I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Glory.